0: Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour, that hour of the day when magic happens whenever you happen to be listening. I have a wonderful guest for you today, actress, writer, producer Juliet Landau. You probably recognize her from her TV, from Buffy and the spin-off Angel. She's on a series now called Claws and everything in the middle, but she has this beautiful new film I can't wait to tell you about. But before I bring on Juliet, Where's Patty? Where's Patty? Ah, where am I? You know, I tell you this every week, but if I didn't do this, I wouldn't know where I am. If you are listening to this on the Monday we first dropped, I am probably 30,000 feet in the air over the Atlantic Ocean. Yep, coming back from the UK and the Festival of the Unexplained. I am sure I had a fabulous time and the flight is smooth and wonderful and I will land somewhere tonight. Um. We're just going to go with that. On Tuesday, I will be teaching my mediumship series at my school, University Magicus. Check it out, Advanced Mediumship. You, too, can talk to the dead. And on Sunday, my Sunday, I'm going to teach a divination class. Um, Divination, what is that? All the ways you can tell the future, whether tarot cards or crystal balls, pendulums and dowsing rods, looking into a flame or a fire I Ching there's so many different ways of doing divination and there's actually certain ones that lean towards if you're more of a visual person versus more of an audio person versus a storyteller um, so we're going to go over that so it's a class if you're into that sort of thing I think you'll definitely like so again check out universitymagicus.com so I am in town as of tonight and I'm not going anywhere for a couple weeks my next trip will be a short one the beginning of april april 2nd i'm going to be at the Winchester mystery house with spirit realm network Um, we have live people coming i think it's sold out right away but you can watch it on live stream live stream real with us i think it's going to be pretty exciting i think a lot of stuff has been happening there and then the next week i'm leaving for wisconsin And I have to say it just like that, Wisconsin. Um, A beautiful paranormal convention. I'm really excited. I have never been to Wisconsin before. So check it out. It's on my website. It's on all my social media pages. If you're anywhere near Wisconsin or you want to be, come on down. Hi, everybody. Time for the Willow Report, Waggly, wiggly, wiggly, willow. That's my kisser girl. I have to tell you, today is such a good willow day because willow likes resorts. Yes, indeed. If you listened to last week, I was just at a staycation in Laguna Beach, California, which is this beautiful little artsy resort town at a beautiful place called La Casa del Camino. It's an old 1929 Spanish building right on the beach. Lots of good ghosts, lots of good spirits, lots of good people. And I must admit, I was perhaps a little worried before. She'd only stayed in a hotel once before when she was much younger, and it was kind of an old western, you know, mining town at Mochelone Hill. So, it wasn't like a kind of a nice fancy resort where she could be a bad dog but she wasn't a bad dog she was perfect she she took to the place like she was born and raised there it's a very dog friendly city it's a very dog friendly hotel so it wasn't like she was the only puppy there people in the living room section where there's a fire always going were sitting around with with their little dog on their lap we, we, with with We would sit with Willow and listen to the live guitar player in the living room. We'd take her into the restaurant with us or to the rooftop bar. We'd walk her down to the beach. This was the very, very first time she'd ever walked on sand. And it was pretty funny. Like, what the heck was that? The ground is moving, really loose sand. But she never barked. She never did anything inappropriate. Um... I guess we have to go to more resorts. And again, this is not a pitch. If you guys, whether it's a staycation from Southern California or you have to fly there, I actually do recommend this place, La Casa del Camino. If you want warm magic on the beach, getaway resort, comfortable, check it out. And if you have a dog take your dog. And if you want to take my dog, she'd probably go with you because I think she's going to be a little resort whore. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. Willow, you want to go on vacation? You want to take a vacation? You want to go to a nice... Oh my gosh, we had a room. We had a room, It's a little bit of a themed room. It's an art gallery room. It literally, you walk into the room and it's like you're in an art gallery, art on the walls, the, right, the, the white walls and the light. And you see art going down this side and down this side. And then you walk around behind one of the white walls is this beautiful bed, ocean view right from the room. And you can go in circles from one room to the other room around the bed. We have a new game round and round and round and round and round the bed. Um, Anyway, I'm just so proud of her. She didn't do anything naughty. The. She became the bell of the ball. People started knowing her by name by the second day at latest. Willow's here. She was the greeter in the hotel. She was the greeter on the beach. So, take your puppy on vacation, won't you? That's it for the Willow report. Wake up. Wake up. Vacations are so tiring. <laughs> Hi, everybody. For this week's magic lesson, I thought I would give you my kind of famous now lemon uncrossing spell. What is that you say? Well, it's actually not just mine. It's been around forever and ever. There's many, many versions of it. I'm just going to give you mine. It's old fashioned Southern root magic, Southern conjure. Um, And a lot of people do it. Oh, it's because I've got a curse, and you want to uncurse it. And I can't tell you how many people lately think they have a curse. 99% of the time you think you have a curse. You don't really have a curse. Um, You just Maybe you have some bad luck, or you have some energy stuck, or you have something going on. But this works whether you do or not. I was taught a long time ago by one of my early teachers that... I wouldn't ever curse anybody, but the best curse you could ever do is tell somebody, I'm going to curse you and then walk away and you never think about them again. And guess what? They create their own darn curse. So I wouldn't even do that in all honesty because we spin and we think we create because we manifest what we believe. So this little lemon spell will work whether you have somebody really did put a whammy on you again. 1% of the time, maybe, or you just got a little bad luck going, or you've just got a little heavy energy going on, or negative energy, or you think you have a curse, or you've created it all yourself just because we do that as humans. So all you need, it's really simple, you don't have to go play some crazy psychic thousands of dollars to break a curse, it's going to cost you one lemon and some salt, and on a little saucer. So get, we all know how cleansing lemons are. We use them in everything. We all know how cleansing salt are. Salt are. Salt is. <laughs> Excuse me. I talk good. Um, so it's a little chant that you go with. I remember, rhyming and chanting goes together. But if you mesh that up a little, that's okay. So the first thing you're going to get a little saucer on it. Get the lemon. And the first part of the chant is, oh, biggest note. If you think you know who sent you bad energy, even if you know you who sent you bad energy, do not picture them or say their name because, again, that's connecting you to them. You want to get rid of whatever bad energy they sent you, not connect yourself to them. So if you're sort a of little bell doll, put a curse on you, don't go send it back to Belle. Just say, send back the energy that was sent to me. Because again, you don't want more cords to Bell. Sorry, Belle. I didn't mean that. I know you would never, ever curse me. Um, but again, so even if you know who it was or you think who it was, you just want to send back, the bad energy, the illness, the bad luck, whatever it is, not to the person because then you're getting karma involved. This way you don't have to have any karma evolved or kickback of any type. So first, get your get a little saucer, any kind of saucer, you can reuse it, 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 it doesn't have to be a throwaway saucer. Get a lemon. First, you're gonna cut the lemon in four salts, as you're, in four little sections. First, as you're cutting the lemon, you're going to chant. Three times is my lucky on everything. All spells against me congregate. Within this lemon, that's your fate. Sour spell to sour fruit. You must go there, cause that's your suit. Bound to this lemon evermore. Each spell against me, that's your store. All in this lemon, now I see. And so it is, so mote it be. Get that? And do it two more times. So basically, what you're saying sour spell to a sour fruit lemon is going to take it away. You're binding any bad luck or curse or whatever it is into that lemon because that's the spell against you. That's the store where it's put into. So do that a couple times and remember with passion, just sitting here going sour spell to sour fruit, you must go there because that's your suit doesn't have as much effect as sour spell to sour fruit. You must go there because that's your suit. Passion fuels a spell. Doubt or nonchalant just kills it. So then now you've got four little slices of lemon. Now you grab your salt. I say use a lot of salt because salt's cheap and salt is so cleansing. So now as you are salting these four slices of lemon, say something like, uncrossed uncrossed this salt for me breaks up attacking energy within this sour lemon bound now kills all spells with salt and sound as lemon dries in salt and air i'm free from harm and all despair uncrossed uncrossed and happy now you will see as i do will so shall it be think about that and say it again and say it again again there's always power in three or do one powerful time again no exact way to do it so now you are sitting there with four slices of lemon piled up with salt any kind of salt sea salt kitchen salt morton salt black salt pink salt kosher salt 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 cleanses so now what you have to do Take your little lemon on a saucer and set it out to dry. You could stick it in a windowsill, stick it on a table, stick it on top of your refrigerator, stick it outside if it's not rainy and cold outside, but you want it to dry. Even in sunny Southern California where I live, it takes about a week to dry. Watch it closely during that week because you want to, number one, you want to use a lot of salt, but watch it. But if you notice that, oh, wow, it's getting moldy and weird, Hmm, guess what? That means that somebody may be sending bad energy to you. So right away, if you see mold starting, I want you to burn it or bury it and do it one more time. I've never seen anybody have to do it more than twice. So you burn it or you bury it, get another lemon, get some more salt and repeat it. So then again, if it doesn't mold or if you're doing, which it probably won't use a lot of salt. So anyway, so once it has dried your you're non-moldy lemon with salt, then I want you to burn it or bury it. Now be very, very careful burying it because salt and lemon are not good for your garden or not good for plants. Go someplace where it's kind of barren and not good. Um, And burning it is not easy with that. You can't sit there with a match or a lighter and burn an old lemon. You need kind of a little roaring fire of some sort, whatever that is. And I wanna say that if you are sitting there in a city in an apartment going, There is nowhere for me to bury this. There is no way I can burn this. My urban solution is find a great big dumpster, not in your house, not the trash can in your house, something, one of those great big metal dumpsters that mm, hopefully is going to get picked up soon and hurl it into that dumpster. That's the urban modern way of getting something buried in a dump somewhere along the way. Again, it's organic. It's not going to hurt anything at the dump. Um, And guess what? You will notice from the time you first do the spell that everything starts lightening up. Everything starts lightening up. Believe it. Have faith in it. And again, whether it was a real curse or a real hex or just some bad luck or just the way things are, that lemon and that salt and your intent and your chant and your words will clear it all up just like that. This Switching Hour, I bring you the most amazing guests from all over the world, experts in magic and spirituality and just living a good life. And today I have got somebody really special, um, somebody that I've loved and admired and known for a very, very long time. I'm proud to call her a friend. I'm proud to call her a neighbor. And... Since this isn't, you will all know her immediately, but since this isn't all visual, I guess I will tell you about our guest, the beautiful Miss Juliet Landau. Julia as an actress, a director, a producer, a writer. As an actress, you would certainly know her from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the spin-off Angel. Um, the movie Ed Wood, you know her from this past season of Bosch. But one of the things we are going to talk about, she has just helmed a visionary feature film directorial blo- debut called A Place Among the Dead. And I've seen it three times, I believe, and I'm really ready for my fourth. It is like no film you have ever even experienced. And there's a message in the madness. So ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you. Hi, Juliet. Hi, Patty. What a lovely introduction. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, So yeah, so, uh, so somebody can go A Place Among the Dead. Is that a vampire movie? Is that a documentary? Is it a horror film?
1: What is it? (laughs) Well, uh, it is a genre-bending art film which explores the repercussions of growing up under the sway of narcissism and psychological abuse. Uh, It's entirely scripted, but we use a meld of fact, fiction, and the fantastical, and yes, the vampire genre. (laughs) So it, it, it starts out, it's, it's like, oh, it's a,
0: a documentary. It's Juliet doing Juliet. And then you start going, oh, something's here. And then you start getting into this depth. And then you start getting into this story. Um, and then it gets very personal, very, very personal. I'm sure there's a lot of like breathless moments throughout people going, like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. So so it's obviously a passion project, obviously from your, your heart. How did this happen? Why did this happen?
1: Well, uh, you know, my husband and I, uh, my husband, Devril Weeks, uh, we co-wrote and co-produced the movie and you know Dev, well, Patty. Yes. Uh, and we both come from this kind of background and we really wanted to make a movie that we hadn't seen before that tackles something that isn't covered in films, but really that society has been reticent to talk about on the whole. Um, uh, You know, of course, we decided to to get at it through art and entertainment, but that's really the thrust behind making a film. That's beautiful. And again,
0: looking at narcissism, it's a word that it, it isn't dealt with and it is rampant. I don't know you hear about it more than you did. You don't know if it's always been through history. There's been this narcissistic people, but right now I work with people every day. That's what I do. I work with people, and the number of narcissistic people out there and people stuck in this spin, and it, it, talk about life draining, hopeless, helpless spin. I, there's no other thing I know that is so like confusing for people, stuck for people. And um, so again, you're putting such a beautiful look at what that is and what that feels like. Again, in this horror, vampire, docu series, genre bending thing. So, um, and and I know the other thing that you do with it. I do want to keep talking about the movie, is that you do these amazing. Q&As afterwards with
1: people, right? So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, it's been so powerful. We we really made... The movie. I mean, we wanted to make an entertaining movie and to give voice to what has affected many and to open up a dialogue much like we're having now and that we've been having it every single time that we've shown the film. And uh, the response has been so profound and powerful that our distributor Modern Films, uh, along with us, we decided to extend this window of distribution uh, where we're doing online interactive worldwide screening events and a festival run uh, playing live. And every single time, the entire audience stays uh, and, and, and engages in a talk back for four to six hours. Um, our last uh, two have actually been a record-breaking six hours. But, um, you know, th- the movie's constructed in a way, I mean, we chose to make it searingly personal. Uh, as they say, the more personal, the more universal. And it's really a device. Um, we, we use, you know, some factual elements from from actually both of my life and my husband's life. Um, and as you said, Patty. I'm playing an alter ego version of myself, as is Gary Oldman, Ron Perlman, Robert Patrick, Lance Henriksen, Anne Rice. Um, but I think that the 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 in the way that we've crafted the film, uh, people say they go on the journey with Jules, and then there's a certain moment where they turn the mirror back on themselves and look at their own lives, and that's what's been just so unbelievable and and incredible and humbling in terms of you know the response that it's been provoking. And I I was just going to say, because you said, you know, uh, it is a word, narcissism, that's that's luckily uh, in the in the time that we've actually started, you know, from from scripting the movie to now, it's becoming where people are much more conscious of what that truly means and um, uh, and what what that all entails, but it's, and and now there's been all these publications that are running articles on it, and uh, we've had all these experts uh, that have come, like the premier experts in the world have come and um, been championing the film and been on our Q&As. We have uh, Dr. Romani, who's a psychologist and the premier expert on narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic abuse. We have uh, Wendy uh, Blanco, who's from Peace Over Violence, who, uh, which is uh, an unbelievable charity and and she uh, deals with uh, trauma therapy. We have uh, Paula V. Dalwin who writes domestic uh, violence policy for the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office. I mean, the list goes on and on. We have Sylvia Lancaster who was knighted um, and and, uh, received her OBE for uh, reducing hate crime and teaching empathy. I mean, it's just been such an amazing ride. But the thing with with narcissism, a lot of people hear it and they, they think of the word means you know, someone who's self-involved, which, which it does. But, um, uh, do you want me to give like a little bit of, yes, please. Okay, great. So from, you know, the lay person, since I'm not, I'm not a therapist, but basically narcissists are people who have no empathy, they do not care about other people. In fact, they often don't see other people as separate, unique, independent individuals. They just see them as extensions of themselves, uh, something to fulfill their own needs. Uh, they want to be adored and on top, but it isn't just that they want to be successful because that's a healthy desire that, that we all have. It's that they cannot tolerate the success of others. They cannot tolerate when other people thrive, so they suppress and they scapegoat and they gaslight. they also are very concerned about outward appearances. So often that, uh, you know, facilitate or, or shows in a way where they are concerned with material trappings. But also they want to appear good. They don't care about actually being good or doing good deeds, but they need to be perceived that way. And they also live in a constant fear of being exposed. And so they, they lie a lot and they live in this fear of, of other people uh, seeing who they really are, and also of being exposed to themselves. that and and again,
0: this word is coming up, and so many people are going, "Oh my gosh, I live with that person, or I'm married to that person, or yeah. my parents are that person." Yes. Um, so again, you're bringing so much light to that through this, getting to people that wouldn't get there, which I mean, I've gotten this message. So what advice do you have for people? Again, everybody go see this movie and we'll talk about all of that afterwards, A Place Among the Dead. So what is some of the things you guys talk about on these Q and A's, what people can do if they make this realization, oh my gosh, I am trapped, and you get trapped into, <laughs> they are trapped yes. in a relationship like this. Yeah. yeah
1: you know, it's interesting because uh, so uh, there comes a point in every, Uh, time that we're talking to an audience that people say, whether it's a spouse, a partner, an ex-partner, a boss, a friend, a family member, or our world leaders, um, that these traits are are so much the same that it's like we're talking about the exact same person. Um, And and so many people have said that seeing the movie, it either reflected something that they already knew or they've had this aha Life-changing moment, and and they've um, done a lot of, of, of different things, and have been making their lives actively better. Um, you know, it, it, there's there's all kinds of things. I mean, for for Dev and I, for for, for us, you know, not having no contact with our families was. Mm-hmm. best decision that we ever made and our lives bloomed um when we decided that now not everybody uh can or wants to do that some people have uh you know children with a person of this nature or it's a family member that they don't want to disengage from or can't disengage from and whatever is healthy is valid but we should be able to to talk about this as a viable and healthy option instead of being told, how dare you, which society does a, a lot. Um, so that's one thing. And then it's also, if, if you choose to keep that person in your life, the kind of, they are people that, that continually cross boundaries, but it's finding out you know how to set boundaries for yourself that you respect, since they won't. And and keeping your armor on when you're around them. We like to sort of think of it almost like a lobster shell, so you don't mm-hmm. let anything in. You know, um, so there's all kinds of all kinds of uh, tools. Uh, but y- you know, you you mentioned the word draining, and and. You know, we just thought that the narcissist was the perfect metaphor, you know, the vampire was the perfect metaphor for the ultimate narcissist. And that was one of one of the reasons, the way that it really drains your life force.
0: Yeah. And again, it ties all these little puzzles, of the the, the actors who are in it and. so that's fabulous. And it is, I again, I don't know that much about narcissism in itself. They seem really good at it. There's okay. very few not good narcissists, like they're bad at it. They don't really control you. Is it like there's it like they have an intelligence but no empathy or this psychological? That's what just
1: amazes me yeah i think i think you're right patty i think it's that they really have a keen sense and they know they test they test people and they're sort of like oh this is a person i'll be able to uh to to do this with i mean obviously if you're born into it like we're talking about with both you know both of our parents on both sides uh they already have that domain over, over, you know, a child, but, but in other relationships like love relationships and friendships and uh, work relationships and all of that, it's, it's literally, um, they groom people. Um, it's a, it's an abusive relationship and it's really like where, you know, uh, somebody's own, uh, boundaries and sense of autonomy and independence get sort of whittled and whittled away. Those boundaries get crossed and crossed and crossed. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and how much
0: it affects everything and everybody around it. I remember one quote you said in the I don't know if it was one of the live ones or the video Q&A's. Um, because again, this is exceedingly personal, your parents are in it. You, mm-hmm. You're very famous parents, you know, uh, Martin Landau and Barbara Bain. And, mm-hmm. and and it's like, Oh, wow, what are you doing? And I remember you and, and like, they're such a big part of the movie. And we're thinking, Oh, my gosh, your parents are such a big part of the movie. And
1: you had a statement. What was your statement about what big part of a movie they were? Yeah, it's interesting. They are 44 seconds of a 77 minute movie. Uh, Their images and their voiceover are, are peppered and it's 44 seconds, but it makes such a, a big impact. And, you know, we just feel like that's the perfect analogy. You know, you spend 15 to 16 years being reared in an environment and then you spend the next, if you're lucky to live long, 50 or 60 operating out of that and uh, adhering to those agreements, that, as, as we call them. I'm doing quotes for the people that, that are listening verbally. <laughs> agreements with quotes um, that we make with our parents, you know, and, and we let those thoughts uh inform all of our choices going forward unless we take stock and and see that it's it's destructive which my alter ego in the movie Jules isn't doing she's making destructive choice after destructive yes. choice but that's the whole point it's a it's a cautionary tale of sorts uh saying you know there is a different way we can break those agreements as adults we can um you know decide to uh live differently and and not sort of live by those edicts that we've agreed to when we were powerless to to agree on yeah. else. Yeah, that
0: hit me so hard cuz you we really just think it, it's such that plot line this 44 seconds and it just it really hit me hard going how much we are affected or and allow things to affect us. Yeah. You know, yep. you know, what and that's
1: why you are empowering people to know what's what's what with that. Well, it's so interesting in, in talking with people, too, and, and they say, you know, uh, it, if, if it's not in the family, if it's at school with teachers or with peers and these poisonous seeds that get planted in this very, you know, potentially brief in the scope of a lifetime period that are, are, end up, you know, festering and taking root. And, and the same thing in, in, in love relationships, that those poisonous things that really um, get embedded in people and, and, and people start uh, believing them and, and behaving out of them and not seeing that there's another way. That's amazing. So what are some of the things that people are, if people are kind of right now going,
0: oh, Wait, I think I might be dealing with that. Is there telltale signs for people? Again, I know we're not therapists and all that kind of stuff, but what are some of the like red flags that people should
1: kind yeah. of notice? Like, hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we we did in the movie, we 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 based the movie largely on a book uh, by psychiatrist. M. Scott Peck called People of the Lie. And he has, uh, some of it's religious, which doesn't personally speak to Dev and I, but the way the case studies that he outlines in there are brilliant. And his definition of of malignant narcissism, and he calls, uh, you know, his definition of evil and whatever words you want to call psychological abuse and all of that stuff. But he is, uh, it's really uh, amazing he talks about when you're around someone like that you feel a sense of confusion and revulsion and one of the things that we did in the movie you know we we really uh, you're inside Jules's POV for a lot of the film and we employed certain filmmaking uh, uh tactics to really we want the viewer to have an emotional and visceral uh experience rather than sitting back as a spectator and yes. So it's, it really, you start to feel what it's like when you're engaged in this kind of relationship, how confusing it is, how um, uh, we we literally, when she's near a particular character, start to employ blur, employ uh, blurs and statics. And it's literally the feeling of losing yourself bit by bit by bit. Um, So if, if you're feeling really confused about about things, if you're feeling almost like up is down, down is up, if you're with someone where uh, your needs are completely have to be subjugated, those are big t- red flags to, to be paying attention to and to be saying, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not allowed to be an independent, fulsome person in this relationship. I'm basically taking care of them all the time. And I do want to congratulate you
0: because, again, besides that I think is a brilliant film is is one thing, but you are getting awards
1: all over the place right now. We have been. We've actually, I'm going to look it up because I can't actually keep track of the number of awards, which is amazing. So we have just won our 20th top award, sweeping the 11 festivals that we've played. We have six best feature of the festival five best actress for me, uh, four best director, one best script, one best editing, two audience choice, and then we have one unknown as of yet that we've been told is a really (laughs) and it's been amazing because uh, we premiered live at the Lady Filmmakers Festival uh, in Beverly Hills at at the Fine Arts Theatre and there were over 300 films in competition we played the Shockfest Film Festival and won Best Feature of the Festival Best Actress, there were over 600 films in competition out of 10,000 submissions and other nominees and honorees included rob zombie clive barker danny trejo we played at zed fest uh which you came to uh when we were selected as the opening night film uh we played at coven film festival and we were selected as the spotlight film and they're a really awesome cutting edge female centric film festival which highlights women and diversity and non-binary storytellers and you know the list goes on and on so it's just been it's been really phenomenal
0: That's, well, huge congratulations. And again, I cannot tell people enough, whether you think you're in a narcissistic relationship or not, it is entertaining. It is like nothing you've ever seen. It makes you think, it makes you feel, it makes you you're just glued to your seat so how did you come up even uh, the like the style of it the documentary yeah you're right there is gary oldman there is anne rice there are these people ron perlman and and they're sitting there talking typical interview style and you wouldn't ever think that this was a scripted thing but again there are these characters how did you even do this. Come up with this. Get them to do this.
1: Well, thank you. That You know, they every single person we went out to really believed in the mission and vision of the film and came aboard. And it, it it was just an incredible, serendipitous experience in that way. We actually worked with every single one of our talent and everyone that you mentioned. They all have uh, ties to vampire material. Gary Oldman yes. Dracula. Ron Perlman is Blade Two, Anne Rice, of course, the Vampire Chronicles. Um, uh, you know, on and on it goes uh and we really script sat with them and and scripted uh their views on the nature of evil on um uh, what they were talking about in the film and uh and to capture their views and their voice um and and it was it was really amazing Uh, and it was very cute because when when I was working with Gary every in between every take uh we actually have this this part where he uh asked to turn the camera off and you know this whole whole bit in the scene and and he kept saying like do you Do you think it's natural does it does it seem like me is it is it real is it you know there was a certain point where i said yeah gary i really think you've got this acting thing down
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the acting is brilliant in all of it because
1: it's act, it's not, it not doesn't look like acting and there you go there's it's it, it's brilliant and I'm so happy Patty because we we really you know scripted it with the hopes that the 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 doc you know the interview sections looked spontaneous and totally off the cuff so I'm so happy that that it you know that you're saying that, that it felt that way and in a way they're they're sort of like if you will the Greek chorus in the movie and they delineate the chapters and and they go through different stages in terms of you know warning Jules and, and and telling her about the nature of evil and how it destroys everything in its path and then there's a certain point in the movie where where they change and it's it's treated with the stuff that's in Jules's head in terms of the audio work that we do and the color palette and stuff and you know we're really just looking at that idea that you can be given all kinds of great advice but often well, always we hear things through our own lens and we take things in. And sometimes we have what's known as confirmation bias and we, you know, hear what we want to hear. And so in the movie, Jules hears like go toward evil and, you know, love will combat it. And and we personally don't believe that that's actually a, a healthy thing to do. So it's interesting, you know, how, how it changes through the course of the film.
0: Yeah, it again, fascinating. And
1: the beautiful late, great Anne Rice of who we all love. Have- is that was the only movie she ever did? Yes, it was the only movie. And we actually got to work with Anne on another project as well. And she was we're so sad in terms of her passing away because she was not only, uh, you know, the, a, a, an unbelievably brilliant writer and gift to the world in that way. But she was a, a gift as a as a human and as a friend and as a collaborator as well. So we, we are sad in Miss Anne very much.
0: Yes, very much. But that is beautiful.
1: So, um, I,
0: where can people? Because people are probably now are chomping at the bit. Where to see so? How can people find out about the film? Go to find out more about you. Uh, Is there a place they
1: can see it if they want to see it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if they go to my website, julietlandau.com, so it's my name, J-U-L-I-E-T-L-A-N-D-A-U.com. It should have all the information in terms of our next screening events. Our next uh, online interactive screening event is with Shockfest, um, and we're doing it on Saturday, March 26th, and so there's a link for tickets to that. Our next live festival is the Hot Springs International Women's Film uh, Festival, which is in Uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and is an amazing uh, uh, festival director. He's really brilliant, named Bill, and super excited to go there. And then our next live festival after that is the Poppy Jasper Film Festival, which is in Northern California. Um, So yeah, it'll have all the information about where people can come and and be a part of the discussion, uh, either live or virtually.
0: I love these hybrids of live and virtual if we got so used to virtual with the pandemic and everything and now that we're going back to live I love how they're crossing because not everybody can get anywhere so uh, that's good. Um, So what's next for you do you have another project you want to keep this the whole momentum snowball going.
1: Of which, yeah. yes but yeah we uh, absolutely so so obviously we're in the midst of everything uh with a place among the dead and then we also have uh, a documentary series project uh that we have shot 80 percent of um on all of the talented people that are in a place among the dead came back to work with us again plus willem defoe and tim burton and many other people so that's been incredible we've just partnered with this uh wonderful production company that's come on board with us named um, uh, Amazia Entertainment, and the um, founder was the former COO of Marvel, and they just had um, uh, the Emily Blunt movie, Wild Mountain Time, John Patrick Shanley's film, uh, out, and they to deal with Universal for the new Green Hornet movie, so we're very excited to be working with them on it. And then we have a companion book uh, with with that, so we're in the midst at, at the moment, literally writing some of the sa- uh, sample chapters that our uh, agent is t- going to take out to to editors. Uh, and then we've optioned uh, 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 something that I'm not allowed yet to say, but it's an incredible, totally different genre, totally different uh, uh, style. It's a historical. Drama And it's beautiful uh, that we're super excited about as well. So lots going on there. I'm as an actress, I'm uh, recurring on TNT's Claws this season. And then I'm about to shoot a film uh, COVID permitting at the end of April that I'm going to be shooting in Iowa. So there's been a lot, a lot going on.
0: Yeah, it does not sound like you've been sitting around eating bonbons. <laughs> no, actually, so you, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I always say that, I'm eating bonbons. No. Um, anyway, thank you for coming on. I've been wanting to get you on since the second, well, for any, every, just who you are and how I feel about you and how magical you are, because it's about what we do for the world. And again, this is needed right now more than ever, whether there's more narcissists out there or whether it's just it's come to the light the way you are bringing to the light is like no one else and it's needed and it's important so everybody check it out juliet landau and a place among the dead thank you
1: oh my gosh thank you so much patty i have been wanting to do this forever with you <laughs> um you are a, a ray of light and it's just you're always so luminous and inspiring and it's just wonderful to be here and and thank you so much for your support it means the world Thank you, thank you, thank you. So everybody check out Claws, check out A Place
0: Among the Dead, and all these other fabulous shows as we all go and eat bonbons now. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Juliet, for visiting us at The Witching Hour.